remember how we start this, but let's start this. Usually I say, welcome to Social Distance Warriors, a podcast about things that are related to the pandemic. And mostly, that's it, mostly. Sometimes there are things that aren't. Anyway, my name is Tom, (laughs) and I am not an expert on the coronavirus pandemic or public health or vaccinations or any of that good stuff. And the date is March 20th in the year 2021. And I'm Rat, and I'm also not an expert. And the date is also for you, March 20th. <laughs> yes, yes in, my, in my timeline, as far as I know, it is March 20th, Saturday. It's true, it's true. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. I have that kind of, I guess, vaccine guilt, because I recently, yesterday, got the COVID vaccine, but I'm like kind of bashful about it. I don't want to... <laughs> Bashful about it, huh? Yeah, I don't. No, I won't I don't make you talk to. about it if you don't want to. But yeah, if everyone, if everyone could just like not listen or look at me for <laughs> the next uh, twenty minutes, that would be ideal. Well, we'll try. But yeah, I was lucky in that way that this is a weird system. My sister spent a lot of time for both me and a lot of people in our immediate family getting people appointments, like doing a lot of going to random pharmacy websites and waiting for the webpage to refresh. And by doing that, she was able to get me an appointment. Mm. That is probably what I will be doing in a couple of weeks because I'm still not eligible mm-hmm. to be vaccinated. Eligibility in Massachusetts Finally, this past week, they announced the the timeline for when the remaining groups would be eligible. And I think I'm going to be eligible as of, I think it's like April 4th or April 5th or something. So that is when I am going to start trying to get myself a vaccine appointment. But until then, I will just have to suffer through my unvaccinated life. Yeah, that's how it goes. Yeah. Have you been, you haven't had any side effects or anything? coming at you kind of sleepy and if I've gotten uh, flu shots it's about the same I tend to be very tired after an average flu shot so Mm. that's that's where I'm at and yeah I got the Pfizer vaccine and it's the you know it comes in two doses so everyone does say like watch out the second dose will kill you but it's all better than getting the unspecified, whatever, you know, off the street <laughs> coronavirus. But yeah, that's the one they say your body is like, oh, we're, we're doing this mm. and might react more strongly. But yeah, I, I was lucky. This is, this is now some post office talk. But with my mail carrier job, my schedule is kind of random. So this week, I actually had two days off, Friday and Saturday off, which is not usual. So I'm glad it worked out this way because I would not have wanted to deliver mail today. Mm. Yeah, that is, that is good. Yeah. I know that um, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, which confuses... Not, not a sponsor of this podcast. No, no. Which is confusingly also called the Janssen vaccine. <laughs> Yeah, like as though Johnson plus Johnson equals Jansen. I don't know if that's the logic behind that. No, I I think there must be some reason for that. But anyhow, I know that 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 vaccine is only one shot. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if it's – I don't know if you avoid the whole – the second shot, that's the one that gets you phenomenon. (laughs) Or if that one is just like, well, no, you just get it the first time. You just get it for shot one. 
Although I do know some people who've had side effects from shot one as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, it seems like it's still pretty new that who knows? Who knows? Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. That's good though. I'm, do you have an appointment for vaccine too? Uh, I do. And it will be the same place. So <laughs> yeah, it'll be also in April. That's exciting. So one of the things that I've been kind of interested in now that a lot of people have the vaccines is mm-hmm. the changing guidelines from the CDC about what you can and can't do now that you have the vaccine. Have you looked into that at all? No, because I wasn't expecting <laughs> to get a vaccine. So I, I don't really know. I, I know it's more. Yeah. I mean, you're not in the situation of being fully vaccinated yet. Yeah. yeah. Fully vaccinated is defined as two weeks after you had the last shot that you need. It'll be sometime before either you or myself are fully vaccinated. But they say that fully vaccinated people are free to gather in small groups with one another willy-nilly. That's the word. They, no, they don't use the word willy-nilly. <laughs> Medically. Yeah. Is that's, the, that's the term. You know, like People who have all been vaccinated, fully vaccinated, can spend time together indoors in small groups without social distancing or masks. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa, indeed. Yeah, I know. That feels so, so extreme. Wow. Yeah. And they they can also spend time without social distancing or masks with members of up to one non-vaccinated household. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So like if you have a group of eight people and one of them hasn't been vaccinated, but the other seven are fully vaccinated, then that group of eight people can just do whatever. I don't know if eight qualifies as a small group. I don't know what the qualification for small groups is. I don't know. If I were in school and they were saying we were going to do a small, a small group project, I would not expect eight people to be involved. When it gets into those particulars, it does kind of feel like you're describing a role-playing game, you know, Mm. and it's like, well, you know, the special effect only activates if you're in a party of eight or more, and then you can use your uh, cantrip spell to, you know, cast immunity. But, yeah. yeah, Once per long rest. (laughs) It's good. It's complex, but, yeah. Uh, Other than that, how's it going? It is all right. It has been a weird one for me. I don't know how day-to-day it's been for you, but yeah, it's kind of been in a weird... I feel like I am just starting to be able to make like future plans again. Like there was a hot minute where I think Town, the musical was like, oh, we're going to we're gonna go on tour in the summer. And my parents were like, oh, we should go see it. We should book tickets. And for other reasons, we didn't. But that was the first time, you know, where it was like it seemed possible to, like, even consider <laughs> to make plans for stuff a couple months away in the summertime. Are they going on tour? I don't know. Because I couldn't go because I'm m- moving to Pittsburgh. But oh. also, like, the website seemed to be like we're doing it and then it crashed and then they couldn't find any proof that it was happening so don't don't take it from me are you going to be delivering mail in pittsburgh that's i mean that's the plan they hmm. do deliver mail all over so yeah that's probably what i'll do well i'm i'm looking at i'm looking at the hades town tour website and pittsburgh <laughs> is their second stop oh my god wait it's september Okay, this this is important information. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you wanna you wanna look into that. I might wanna look into that right now. Listeners, please ignore the soft clicking and keyboard typing you may hear. 
Yeah, it doesn't look like they're coming anywhere near me in the near future, which is fine. But yeah, so good news for that. For that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, where my parents and I live, they don't, they haven't announced dates for Washington, D.C. So right. I don't know. Right. I don't, okay. I don't know why they've postponed and to be announced that, but who knows? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's been weird. Existentially, I didn't realize it shouldn't be this weird to be a mail carrier, but I make it weird to be a mail carrier because I just think about how I am functioning as like the last physical hand to touch the mailer packages that go to people, part of a larger body and system, you know, because it's like I'm delivering bills and legal summons and letters and really happy things and I haven't delivered all of these things but it's possible and it becomes weird when you think about it. Do you have a lot of feelings about the things that you're delivering? Like do you ever feel excited to be delivering something or guilty about delivering something (laughs) or weirded out by something? Yeah mostly like confused and afraid I'm going to mess something up because there's a lot of different kinds of mail that are like, if you don't get a signature or you don't do it by a certain time, the post office gets in trouble. But yeah, once it's out of my hands, I don't have a lot of feelings about it. But when it is in my hands, I have a lot of anxiety. It's like anxiety. Yeah, I don't. I I have just always disliked the notion of that the the mail carrier might have an opinion about the mail I'm getting. <laughs> well, this mail carrier has anxiety about the mail you're getting, but it's not specific. Yeah, like the mail carrier might be thinking like, "Huh, this person sure gets a lot of letters from the UCLA, <laughs> like the the God, the ACLU." I almost said UCLA. Mm-hmm. That's a different thing. <laughs> Um, Oh, okay. Well, okay. Here's my one judgment that I do have. I can't look at a person, but if I could look at a person and be like, oh, you're the kind of person who gets a lot of pre-sorted standard (laughs) mail, which is like the post office term for junk mail, I can do that basically now where it's like if you get one piece of junk mail, usually you're the kind of person where you're going to get like 10 pieces of junk mail and... I do feel judgment towards those people because it just means I have more stuff to carry. Ah, okay. Yeah. I always like, I don't know. I, I feel the same thing when I'm shopping at the grocery store too. Like I feel unnerved by the notion that the person at the checkout might have opinions about the things that I'm buying. Not that I'm buying anything particularly salacious or scandalous at the grocery store, but the most recent time I think I, I went I went out to uh, Stop and Shop. It's a regional grocery store that's popular here. The person in front of me at the checkout line, like the cashier was was looking at this, was like co- conversing with her about the things like, oh, I bought these before. I love these. These are great. Like to, I don't know if it was cookies or crackers or something like that. And I was like, oh no, this is going to be one of those situations where where I'm going to be expected to acknowledge that we're both human beings and may have opinions about the things that pop into our fields of vision, which is, I don't know, perhaps it's inhumane of me not to want to acknowledge that. But yeah, I, I, I came up with a, what I think was a pretty good strategy to avoid that. I, I understood like, okay, clearly this checkout person is chatty. I will just chat with them about other topics. Classic misdirection. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, ah, it's been so cold lately, hasn't it? They say it's going to be warmer this weekend. <laughs> Thing, things like that. Smooth. Like, oh, the daylight savings time, that always messes with me. I was just like, 
<laughs> trying to get in there with some conversational topics that could divert them away from having opinions about my grapes. Did it work? Did they ignore the grapes? Yeah, I don't think I don't think there was any comment on my grapes or on my toothpaste or whatever. Yeah, that's one of the things I like about buying things from the internet and then having them shipped to me is that the most that the the shipping carrier can opinionate about is the cardboard. <laughs> like, ah, uh, this is an Amazon box. This person purchased a thing from the largest global retailer of shipped products. Yeah, individually, I I do have not a lot of opinions about what people are ordering or what I'm delivering. But on Sundays especially, I hate everyone <laughs> um, because the post office has a contract with Amazon. So mail carriers would get Sundays off, but instead they deliver packages with Amazon every Sunday. So then I just hate <laughs> anything. But it's not, it's like I direct that to Amazon, the entity, not the like individual whose stuff I'm lugging around. Very noble of you. Thank you. I try. I have written down little conversation sparks, but they're all just as weird as me feeling like the existential hand of the U.S. post office. I wrote down, do you ever feel like you're having like a non-canonical action? Like true for me, it would be like, ah, yes, true rat would not still be living at my parents' house. I would be a teacher. I would never have read Homestuck. You know, it's like these are actions that a different version of myself, a more correct version of myself would not have done. Mm. Yeah, that I, I, I feel like that. I, I think one of the ways that I used to frame that was like I imagine the alternate universe in which I had done something else, like gone to the other college that I was considering going to, you know, th things like that. But I think th the thing that crystallized in my mind is thinking of it as though like being in a non-canonical version of your own life is the Homestuck epilogues, which is very much about that. There's two different like storylines in the Homestuck epilogues. There's meat and candy. I'm saying this to the listeners, you know this, Rat, but yeah. In the Candy storyline, John is kind of plagued by the concerns that he is living in a fan fiction version of his own life, that he's no longer he's no longer living in canon, the difficulties he has with that. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of a metaphor for, you know, sort of being an adult and like coming to realize that the world you live in is not necessarily the world as you think it should be. It's not necessarily like your heroic version of the of the of yourself that you think you should be, too. So yeah, I feel that sometimes. I feel that a lot regarding the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I feel like this is this is a disaster AU, an AU fanfic where we're all living through a pandemic that we weren't supposed to live through. Grim dark, yeah. But you know what? You know what actually like made me think less about that. What, what what kind of like shook me out of that was a few years ago I had a string of just really obnoxious car problems, like accidents that weren't my fault, things that failed because of no fault of mine, like the repair person did a crappy job changing the tires, so the alignment was off and or something like that. I think my tire got slashed or something in the parking lot of my own apartment building. Oh, while I was parked at work, someone threw a rock at the back windshield of my car, and so I had to replace the windshield. So all of these things were like just things that happened that I, I felt like I had a real strong sense of like, this isn't supposed to happen. Like, I just parked here for work, and like, I, I wasn't supposed to have to worry about the notion that someone was just going to come along and randomly do violence to my car. But then upon further reflection and kind of thinking it through and talking with people about it, I was like... 
Yeah, but I don't really have any right to expect that it won't happen. Obviously, if everything happens ideally, like if if the ideal world is happening, then your car is just going to, you know, if if you take care of it, right, then you will be rewarded with a with a, a virtuous car that will never let you down if you don't let it down. But, you know, to quote the TV show Friends, no one told you life was going to be that way. <laughs> that was never promised to you. And so I, I kind of feel like I remember the last incident in that string of misfortunes that led to that car dying. It was on the last day I ever saw my grandmother. My sister, she took the train in from New York to Providence, where I was going to pick her up and drive her, you know, an hour to Worcester, Massachusetts. And that was when we were going to see my grandmother in the hospital. 20 minutes after I picked her up, my car engine just started smoking. and Not great. Yeah, no. And I pulled over to the side of the road. And then we found out that the engine was just like completely blown. And the car itself was basically just salvage. It was a total loss. And I was sitting there on the side of the road with my sister in the car. She was like, I don't understand why you're not freaking out more. Because I really wasn't. And I was like... You know, shit just happens. Like, no one ever promises you your car is not going to just blow while you're on the highway. Like, sometimes they just do that. And, like, there's no use, like, feeling aggrieved about it. And, like, this is a whole lot of stress that I'm going to have to deal with. But I don't know. Whatever. Anyhow, we did end up getting towed to a repair shop. And then my father came and picked us up and took us to the hospital. So we did get to see our grandmother. Nice. And then she passed away the next day. But yeah. yeah, I don't know. I feel like that changed my perspective on like the notion of bad things happening to me to the point where like no one really promised us we weren't going to have a global pandemic. And in <laughs> fact, they've happened before and they'll probably happen again. In fact, worse ones will probably happen in the future at some point, whether that will be during my life. I don't know. But it, it, I don't know. It's it's kind of like a Zen attitude I've grown into, which kind of counteracts the notion of like, this isn't how my life is supposed to be. This isn't the canon version of my life. Anyhow, that was a long rant. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, I, I respect that approach because I when I did think of you know myself as living a life that is so far removed from what it should be it didn't help me like deal better with my life as it was or get my life any closer to what I thought it should be it was just like an additional misery on myself Mm. so yeah it's hard to be a person are you living the canon version of your life no, I really what I would love most is if I could live the um musical adaptation of the TV series or book version of my life. Like mm. I want it to be an adaptation of an adaptation. That would be the ideal. Yeah, so they've streamlined it. They've cut out a lot of the detail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe they've uh, reinterpreted it for a modern audience or translated it from a different language. Several characters have been combined into one. It's true. The lovable animal sidekick does not appear. No, yeah. Characters' races or sexual orientations have been changed for no reason. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's what I wish. Yeah. I mean, canon is an inherently capitalist concept anyway, I feel. That's another rant, though, and I feel like I've already gone on (laughs) a long rant about about life and and the nature of misfortune. So we'll save that maybe for a future episode. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I promised myself another topic that I wasn't going to talk about cicadas because I talked about cicadas already on this podcast last year. It's been some time. It's been some time, but I promised myself, no, it's not relevant. But then I did read a Washington Post article that got me so 
playfully like annoyed that was also connected to the coronavirus pandemic that it is now relevant for me to talk about cicadas so you not want to know what's coming to the uh east coast of the united states this summer cicadas yes but not just any cicadas it's a big cicada summer this year there are different So they all kind of hang out together, cicadas. They call them broods. And 17 years ago, there was one of the big, it's called Brood X. They number them with Roman numerals and it's kind of ominous. But Mm. yeah, Brood X is like one of the really populous periodical cicada groups. And they went under the ground 17 years ago after emerging. And so now this summer, they're, they're coming back in a big way. And so even though... Every year, every summer, you might get a few kind of like confused. That's what I was excited about last year. There was like, (laughs) it was not a big summer for cicadas, but there were, they called them like pioneer cicadas or stragglers where they were like just totally confused and emerged either late or early. But this year, they're all coming out. And so a lot of people, because it's more than just every summer, there's some cicadas and there's uh ones that come out every summer and it's not a big deal for them people get really freaked out when there's a big cicada summer and so people write a lot of like oh no they're invading or oh no it's the biblical plague come back to haunt us and so unfortunately for this washington post writer i read his article about like haven't we suffered enough? We had a pandemic in the D.C. area. D.C. sport team, who I don't care about, lost some game. Haven't we struggled enough? And now it's going to be cicadas. This is terrible. And he wrote he wrote this article, and that's fine. A lot of people feel that way. But then he felt, I guess, this obligation to turn it into a, like, what's what's a hot and trendy topic right now? COVID. And he asked a bug professor if cicadas can transmit COVID, which Mm. no, he's no, they can't. But that wasn't enough of a strikeout for this guy. And he then said, I think that this summer we should imagine the buzz of cicadas as representing each of the souls who were lost, the hundreds of thousands who were lost to coronavirus. Why? Which is just a wild, wild turn. I mean, you can imagine anything as anything if you want. <laughs> you can imagine. I know, you can do whatever you want. But just personally, as a cicada lover, I would say you shouldn't make cicadas like this symbol. They're not your manic pixie dream cicadas. Like, let them, <laughs> they have nothing to do with anything about this pandemic. And I think there are much better ways to memorialize if you're if you're trying to work through things but that just that just really got to me and i'm excited after all that i'm excited because in the next couple months it's going to be big cicadas coming out or they're not big lots of them coming mm. out and it's something to look forward to that i like to keep track of do you have any alternate suggestions for natural phenomena that we can associate with the wailing of doomed souls? <laughs> I mean, if I, we have neighborhood foxes and much like the song says, have you ever like heard how a fox cries? Like what, what the fox says? It's terrifying. Mm. It sounds like a departed soul. 
Yeah, I'm I'm going with the um do you know are you familiar with the the dawn chorus? No. It's a weird electromagnetic phenomenon where radios pick up the electromagnetic waves and it sounds like it just presumably by coincidence it sounds like the chorus of birds singing at dawn and this also happens usually at dawn because of the world's magnetic whatever yeah it's a it's a very eerie sound that i don't know that's that's what i choose it's like a haunted sound it's a very haunted sound Wow, I believe it. I'm sure I'll put in the show notes a link to some recordings of the Dawn Chorus. It's been used in like music occasionally to like give a spooky haunted vibe, spooky electromagnetic haunting. Yeah. So yeah, then it creates that feedback loop where it's like if you've only heard this in terrifying movies, then you're going to hear it and be a little extra unsettled and you don't know why. Yeah, it, appear, it also appears in like the theme music of the second season of one of my favorite podcasts, Friends at the Table, which also just started its seventh season. Nice. Shout out to Friends at the Table. Do we want to discuss action items? Yes, we can discuss last week's action items that I did write down and did I? can easily find <laughs> for once. Yeah. Okay. So I had down as last week's action items that... We should, I don't know, I just have bake something and buy from a local business. I didn't put you should bake something or you should buy from a local business. <laughs> it was just like. Isn't that implied? Uh, the way it is written down, it's just like an imperative to whoever hears me, you know. Well, there's like, we we should bake something. We should buy. But this was a command. So <laughs> these two command action items. I did both. Yeah, I don't think I did either, unfortunately. But tell me about the things that you baked and bought. Yeah, um, actually, I take it back. I baked something by proxy by buying baked goods from a local business. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so I'll take that credit. But yeah, I drove 60 miles to get my COVID vaccine, and I didn't want to be late to my appointment. So I had a lot of time, and they had a nearby bakery. So I I bought a lot of things at that bakery. I bought challah for my family which we enjoyed. And then my dog ate the entire loaf. And also I got an apple turnover that was very tasty that I enjoyed and the dog did not steal. That's good. It's good. Yeah, I didn't bake anything. I did cook things, but I did not bake any of them. And I don't think I bought anything. No, I bought from a restaurant. I bought shawarma. Nice. You've done your part. Yeah. And that is from a local shawarma place. So that counts. Do you have any suggested action items for the coming week? Yeah. If you have allergies, try taking an anti-allergy medication instead Mm. of suffering through your allergies. Got it. What if I don't? If you don't have allergies, be grateful. Writing down anti-allergy medication and lack of allergy gratitude. Yes. Do you, I mean, personally, do you, do you have allergies? I sometimes I feel like I, well, I never had them when I was young and I have occasionally had them in the past few years, but I think I might not go outside often enough to have allergies now. I mean, maybe in a year where I was spending more time leaving my home, then I would have allergies, but I don't open the windows and I don't leave. So <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to not have to even know. Do you have an action item? Because I just mentioned Friends at the Table, I'm going to recommend that people listen to at least one episode of Friends at the Table. Their new season just started, and it's a brand new storyline. 
I think it's kind of like a dark fantasy with kind of like a horror vibe. But I haven't actually listened to it yet. There have been two episodes and I've just been letting them sit in my podcatcher. So I'm going to listen to those this week and I want other people to listen to them too. But if dark fantasy horror doesn't sound like your thing, then listen to the first episode of a different season of Friends at the Table because they're all good. There's a variety. Well, some of them are better than others. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I tried a year or so ago to get into Friends at the Table, but I don't know if what I chose was not the season for me, or if I just wasn't in the right mood for podcast, which happens. It happens. Yeah. Okay, so we got three action items, two of which are alternates of one another. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that's good. All right, so I think we can wrap it up now. Yeah. All right, so as we end every single episode of our beloved podcast, Social Distance Warriors, the way we end it every single time without exception always is by saying as we say stay distant and go the distance